Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to... uh... Sharing Socks, the Carlos Rodon uh, edition. I'm Lee Allen, uh, Southside Sox duty geezer, uh, sitting on an actually pleasant day in Chicago, getting ready for an incredibly unpleasant week of uh, sub-zero temps and I'm sure way sub-zero wind chills. With me, my son at West Coast Paris, correspondent Will, sitting in 70 degrees of sunshine out in Los Angeles, and hiding uh, a scary person who it turns out the Sox will have to fear for at least another year, uh, Mr. Nelson Cruz himself. Um, meanwhile, though, I don't know if you can tell. I've got his. Uh, I've got his eye line looking where the ball is probably going to go uh, <laughs> every time that they face the White Sox this year. Except Giolito's supposed to have his number. Giolito, Giolito knows how to pitch him, is capable of doing it. Apparently, everybody knows how to pitch him. It's just only Giolito is capable of putting it where he wants to put it <laughs> when he wants to put it there. Uh, first of all, the season. Um, Major League Baseball made a proposal to shorten the season and change all kinds of other stuff in the favor of the owners. Uh, understandably, the union rejected that. So it looks like we're going to have just kind of a standard pre-COVID 162 game season. I'm sure there will be missing games and missing teams for a while, but uh, players, uh, catchers, and pitchers will be reporting shortly. The rest of the players after that, a regular spring training, 162 games, um, no DH in the National League, and back to the playoffs of five uh, with the division winners plus two wild cards, which I like. I hate. 
I hate having the season cheapened by, yes, the Sox got in because everybody got in last year, but uh, I like a real season to be played for a purpose. And I like the five. You know, you, did you prefer the four or the five? Uh, I, I actually, and this is going to be very unpopular, I like expanded playoffs. And the reason for that is in our tank or go for it league that we now play in, it's, it's kind of what they did in the NBA where, you know, they have almost everybody, it feels like, gets in in the NBA. It's, it's just over half the teams, I think, get in. The, um, the, old, the, old, the old saw pre-LeBron James time there was that the, the NBA plays its entire season, entire regular season to eliminate Cleveland. well that's true again um i like the expanded playoffs just because it puts teams in a very difficult position in terms of throwing in the towel or not if there is a chance and baseball is one of those sports where anyone could win on any given day if there's a chance that you can make it to the playoffs and potentially make it a round or two you're way more likely to try to win baseball games. And this is exactly why the NBA does it. They don't want teams tanking, you know, halfway through the season and and playing schlubs against, you know, LeBron and against KD. And, um, and so I actually like it. What I don't like is three-game series because I think three-game series are bogus and – they lean too far the other way and anyone can win on any given day. And you don't want your eight seed taking out your one because it was a three game series and the pitching matchups lined up strangely. Of Uh, course, if you look at the three game series from this past season, you had a definitive finish for the central divisions, which went two and 14. So apparently not anybody can win any three-game series. Nobody from the Central Divisions can win a three-game series. And only a couple of them even come close, the White Sox being one of those. Well, then that there's there's an argument for a three-game series, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, I do like a, a slightly expanded playoff. I mean, I would rather see five teams than four teams. Um, I'd rather see six teams than five teams and give the the top two a bye like football's done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. The, the whole negotiation thing and how this has gone down has been so disappointing and so sort of pathetic and typical of, of Major League Baseball and, and also the Players Union. And it, It's more on the owners. The owners really oh, offered way more on virtually nothing in exchange for making giving themselves hundreds of millions of dollars in TV rights for the playoffs. So. Yeah, yeah, way, and way, way more on the owners. Players have Don't get me it. wrong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I, I like the idea of, of having a couple more teams in the playoffs. I think it's going to make, you know – july through september a lot more interesting um when you go down to four you have a lot of years where you know not no one's really playing anymore in in august or september things are kind of decided or you do have like the occasional you know i think it was 2012 maybe where the the five teams all changed 
playoff positions in the final game within 45 minutes. It was the single most exciting day of baseball I've ever seen. It was, it was just unbelievable, but that is so rare. Um, I, I think it's good to have a, a couple more playoff team options. I like the five. The reason I like the five more than the four, even though I'm not an expanded playoffs guy, was that with the four, the wild card is sometimes won the World Series. I mean, it happened a couple of times. And part of it was their only disadvantage being a wild card was losing home field. Right. Well, that's a big, that's a, that's a deal. You know, you, you, you sleep in your own bed. You, you make your scrambled eggs in the morning the way you want them. You have your own locker room. The outfielders know how to play the caroms. Infielders know how much foul room there's, all that kind of stuff. Home it's is a, where you've set up your high def cameras in center field and where your trash that, cans. Exactly. Is. There, there, <laughs> there you go. And you, you've got your trash cans that you're familiar with. <laughs> uh, uh, but with the five, the wild cards having to play each other. It put the wild cards at a big disadvantage, which increased the advantage of those winning the division because wild card teams, they played each other. Then they had a one day break. You had to use your best pitcher. You had to. I mean, you couldn't take a chance of losing that. Then you had a one day break and then you had the uh, two, two, one. So your number one pitcher could not pitch again until game three. So you not only lost the home field, but you lost your best pitcher until the third game of a three out of five series. That was a huge, huge deal. And you did not see wild cards winning the world series during the period of the five. I don't think we'll see it this year either, but anyhow, that's. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the things you're saying is a reason I don't love the five um, I, I did really like it when they first started doing it. The, the winner go home of that wild card game was, was exciting. But I do hate that in the five, you can have a team with 96 wins against a team with 81. You know, it hasn't been that drastic ever, but there have been some big gaps. And so those 15 extra wins mean virtually nothing. You got one game to to have your shot at moving on, even if you've won a lot more throughout the year, which I think is is tough, which then you could argue, oh, well, if we expand the playoffs, you're going to have teams that have won 71 games. And that's true. I mean, it is, it, it is, that's a good argument too. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little more tempted to go with the, the four just because that, that one game, even though it's great, um, it's just never felt, even though it can be exciting, it's just never really felt like the right way to end a team's season to me. Um, like I love, I love when game 163 happens to determine a, a division or, or a wild card or something. I love that. I went to game 163 at Wrigley a couple years ago to see the Brewers beat the Cubs, which they did. It was great. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I have very mixed feelings. It's, it's, there are things I like about both things. I hate about both ideas. Well, it's going to be five this year because yeah. that's what we're reverting to. And I, I, then it'll become a negotiation for, um, after the season when the contract is up, my guess is at that point, it'll go to six or possibly seven. Um, if they go to any, because we could just not have a 2022 season if they right. uh, go at it, hammer and tongs and whatnot. 
Speaking of hammerings and tongs, behind Will, for those of you uh, who don't have the video going, is one Mr. Nelson Cruz. As we discussed earlier, the Twins have re-signed him. This is not a good thing for the Sox. Uh, also, the word on uh, MLB trade rumors today is that the Twins are interested in one Alex Colomay. Yeah, I saw that. And this is just, this is, I think, this has been a, a, an off-season of bad days for White Sox fans, to be honest. For the most part, we've had a lot of bad days. Uh, you know, Liam Hendricks was a good day. Uh, this was maybe the worst day. Uh, just in terms of a complete failure to position yourself against the team you most likely need to compete against. This was a huge, huge failure. I think Colome is going to go to the Twins. I, I mean, I hope he doesn't do well there, I guess, even though I like him. I, you know, Cruz I, is signed on. I mean, I think he's, he's back in. Um, and I just, this was just a pathetic, pathetic thing from the from the White Sox to to sleep through this week of of deals and. You know, you mentioned that the one really good day was 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 Liam Hendricks, and yet, and while it's great, I'm glad we have Liam Hendricks. I think all Sox fans are glad we have Liam Hendricks. The fact is, that was not a position of weakness. Aggravating the column it was in 2019 and even the beginning of 2020. The fact is, we've had what three blown saves in two years. Uh, you can't upgrade much from from that, and it's good. Yeah. We've got the, probably the best guy there is. We shouldn't downgrade any. We should be in the same level of great shape there. We're in we're in terrific shape. But the one improvement we've had is Lance Lynn, who was a rental. I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of Twitter talk of people slamming people who are calling Lance Lynn a rental and saying that if you think he's not going to play for the Sox in 2022, you're crazy. And I don't understand that. I don't. And, and I, I'm happy to have them yell at me on Twitter after this. Um, and I'm happy to listen, actually, because I, I don't understand why you would think Lance Lynn is, is a guarantee. Just because he's been with your, your team. For one year, he's he's necessarily going to sign some long-term contract with you that doesn't make and any if, sense. And if the White Sox don't live up to the hype, which is possible because they've made so many stupid decisions over this offseason, if they don't live up to the hype, Lance Lynn's definitely leaving, you know, because someone else is going to scoop up and give him a one-year deal, and he's going to try this again with a winning team. Um, well, he was traded to the White Sox, so he, no, didn't, he didn't have a he choice didn't, on this. He one. didn't yeah. try it. He didn't try it with the White Sox, but that even is more telling. He didn't even necessarily want to come. So I, I like the idea that maybe he'll sign on, but the the idea that it, it is going to happen is just so unrealistic, especially when you get traded to the team that everyone is laughing at for not spending money. I mean, do you think Lance Lynn's sitting around thinking, oh, I'm going to get a great deal next year? No. He's thinking, where am I going to go? Where are they are going to pay me for real? Because this team doesn't do it. Actually, it's a team that's famous for getting people into long-term contracts to the benefit of the team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you know I, I don't know. The, it'd be an interesting thing to research. And I have no idea. And I've never read anything about it. The percentage of times that people are either one season or partial season trading deadline rentals 
who then stay with the team that they went to. I have no idea what that percentage is. I'd be very curious to find out as well. And I'm sure there is a a way to find out. Someone's somebody. I'm sure somebody's got it. There's no, there's no statistic you can't have in baseball. Yeah. And I, I, my guess would be that that number is very low, very low. And that's just because, I mean, it is, it is a known thing that you are renting that guy and then that guy is going to potentially explore the market. I mean, that is, that is the situation we, we see here. Uh, and you can't, you can't even put a uh, uh, qualifying offer on the guy by the rules. Right. Yeah. So I think I, I would be shocked if that number is over 20%. And, and I think it could be 10, 5%, you know, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see that. Now I'm sure the ones who go to the, Yankees or the Dodgers, it's a much higher percentage because they're going to be offered the biggest bucks for those teams anyway, or now the Padres and the Phillies to an extent uh, as well, and Toronto. Um, I mean, there's some teams out there spending money and, and used to be Boston, but the Cubs used to be the Cubs yeah. and so on. Who the Meanwhile, Cubs let, are even doing a little more than we are now. Let's, uh, let's uh, after the break, let's get into an argument because we okay. are going to disagree big time on this one. Oh, man. Is this a Dylan Cease thing? Well, there, his name will be mentioned. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Okay. No, it's, not, it's not prominent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Let's take a break, and um, I'll hear you talk poorly about my favorite pitcher, who's not actually my favorite pitcher, everybody. Calm down. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Sounds like uh, the geezer is about to uh, go on a little anti-Dylan potentially no. rant. Uh. No, that's not the basis of it, although that may be included as part. No, I, I think we're going to have the big disagreement as Carlos Rodon. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you were extremely disappointed. I was not. I'm, I'm not going, oh, boy, we got Carlos back. Wow, because who knows? But I thought it was worth the risk. $3 million, perhaps an overpay. But you know what? If you're paying Reynaldo Lopez $2.1 million, you tender him for arbitration, you avoid arbitration, you're paying Reynaldo Lopez $2.1 million. I think you have to pay Carlos Rodon three. Yes, Rodon, Lopez doesn't have the terrible injury uh, history of Rodon. But Rodon, when he's healthy, is at least good. Lopez isn't good ever. No, that's not true. One out of every five games, he's a Cy Young <laughs> candidate. Well, and then the, the yeah. other four, his ERA is over 150. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do. I, but what surprises me is not that a lot of people go, oh, I think that we shouldn't have gotten Rodon. Perfectly natural reaction. It's a, it almost, if you've read the comments on our articles on our site, on, on other sites, Sox related sites, it was hatred. It was like QAnon versus pizza parlors with basements. Uh, it was just like this was the most vicious, horrible thing you could do, and he's a terrible human being or, or whatever. I guess I don't get it. I get the well, he, you know, is he a bad guy? Is he a bad guy? No, no, I don't mean in that sense. I mean just oh. that it was a horrible, horrible thing to have him on the, on the team. Um, I, I won't say, I don't I, get it. 
I definitely don't disagree with you that it's a horrible thing. I think it's a stupid, lame thing. And, you know, maybe it'll pan out. Three million's not a bad price tag if he is even sort of decent. You know, we see way worse pitchers make a lot more than that. Uh, way worse than sort of decent, I mean. So I I don't hate the move. It's just such a bleh move for this offseason. We're, we're so pumped. We're so excited. And then all of a sudden we're paying $3 million for Rodon. I mean, $3 million, you can get a lot of vaccines for that. And <laughs> you're thinking about... many baseball players. Right. But I'm, I'm thinking like, well, could we vaccinate all the teachers or could we have <laughs> Carlos Rodon? I'm like, well, we should have used that $3 million somewhere else. Um, it, I mean, it's fine. I, I don't expect him to do anything really interesting. I don't expect him to really pitch in the majors all that much or all that well. Uh, I, I don't have hatred towards the signing. It wasn't quite enough money for me to have that. Um, I'd rather have Lopez at two than Rodon at three, which I know we definitely don't agree with on that. Uh, I'd rather have Cease for 15. Uh, just kidding. 20 million. Um, but well, Cease, yeah. Cease, Cease's price. You can't argue with Cease's price. Cease's, pitching, Cease's yes, price. But not his price. Right now, he's cheap. That's why I like him. He is a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good bargain. I'm a bargain hunter. Dylan Cease is the bargain. Rodon, I don't know if he's a bargain. I think if he stays healthy, and that's a huge if. But I mean, yeah, if saying if Carlos Rodon stays healthy is like you know saying if Marjorie Taylor Green chills out, <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. But okay, I mean, except that now that he's had the Tommy John, that is more of an extreme treatment than anything that he had before. So maybe it's something that's straightened out. I think this this past year they just brought him back too soon. I have no idea why they brought him back. Yeah, uh, he, they didn't. He had the so. surgery in May, and he jumps into 15 months later. I think a little less than 15 months. He's in the major leagues. The normal thing is 15 months later, you're in a rehab. That's either spring training, or you're in a rehab in the minors, or it doesn't matter what happens. And so you can whatever you throw doesn't matter. Just just work on your slider today for the whole game or work on your changeup or whatever. It yeah. may be. Nobody cares. The whole point is just to get loose and, and have fun. You know, try pitching low and inside. Is it difficult? Uh, whatever to be straight into the majors out of that. That's I, I think was just a terrible mistake. It was just stupid. Yeah, it was, it was. And I, I think uh, an issue we'll see, too. We, he will have a spring training this year, which is nice. Um, it looks like some sort of spring training. and But at $3 million, my concern is... That the $3 million comes off the $8 million you could have gone Jake, to Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, well, that's a big part of it. And then also $3 million is high enough to me that I think that they are going to start with him in the major leagues. And I still, I agree with you. He should be down in the minors working on things, and I don't think he will be. And that is not uh, No, I, I think all, all six of the theoretical starters will start in the major leagues. 
some of them are going to be on low pitch counts. Uh, I think Rodon will be on a low pitch count uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Lopez should be on a zero pitch count, but they'll probably give him a few more than that. Who's uh, your Who's your five? Let's say we are in a world where there's five starters. You've got Giolito, of course, is going to do opening day. Keiko will probably pitch game two. Uh, maybe Lynn will pitch three. So who's your four? The fourth day of the season, who are you sending out? The fifth day of the season, who are you sending out, assuming there are no breaks? I know the assumption clear across the board is that Ceases is number four. That Ceases is just written in as number four. As you know, I am not a, not a Cease fan. I have no faith in him. I have a lot of interest in what Ethan Katz can do. Yeah. He may be able to do it with Cease. He may be able to do it with Lopez, even though, though I don't, I think that's written up. Well, and it's, he may it's, be able to do it with Lopez. I mean, with uh, Rodon. It's not even about being able to do something with these guys. You know, a lot of people are, are, you know, sort of loving on cats before we've seen them do anything. They love him so much already. And I think people, I, I, I'm thrilled with that hire. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if it's about Cease really needing to have someone come in and fix everything or if he just needed a pitching coach. You know, he he had Coop and not necessarily the best guy for a young pitcher to be you, learning you, you, the, you know my feelings the nuances. Coop. Exactly. Coop. So for me, it, for me, Cease actually is your your number four going into this season because he has a pitching coach for the first time. A, a good pitching coach. And I'm not saying Cease is going to come out and be Giolito. I absolutely do not think that's going to happen. But you're talking about a number four starter. I think that with a decent – because Cease has stuff. He does. He's got talent. He's got abilities. So the question is who can help him focus those abilities and who can help him figure out his his what's going to be his game. And – I think that could be cats. I do think that could be cats. I think Cease could be a solid number four. I would, I do not expect him to move up in that at all in the next couple of years, but I could see him being a, a solid number four. I, I think the if is, and it, apparently the, the huge problem with Cease is that his four seamer, well, it has a fantastically high spin rate, has a useless spin rate because it's directed wrong to get any movement on the ball, which is why its fastball is flat and why its fastball comes out, you know, goes in at 98 and comes out at 105. Um, if cat, and, and, and that to me seems such a simple change over time, not in the middle of a game or something, but when you've got a whole off season of spring chain, it's gotta be just how you grip the ball Oh yeah, I'm sure. What, you know what pressure goes with what finger, and and maybe a little bit of what your wrist is is doing. That seems such a simple change for a good pitching coach to get him to do. And I think he's going to have a pitching coach who can do that. I, I realize with Cats, I mean he's kind of unproven too because yes, marvelous high school pitching coach. Obviously did wonders with Giolito after Lucas was terrible and, and went back to him again. But then he'd known Giolito since he was 14 years old. So yeah. he's familiar with whatever his problems are. Um, but I, I think that's something that's trainable. And, it, and if Cats can get that trained, 
on, on C's. Uh, probably also shorten up his delivery a little, give him a little, which he did with Giolito, uh, a little more control uh, and command. Uh, if he does those things, then C's is number four. If he cannot get that done, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodon, even though he'll pitch in the fifth slot, is actually your fourth best. Lopez, you're, I, I just you're, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. I mean, I hope I hope you're right. I hope Rodon is is good enough this year that that could happen, even if it comes at the expense of my boy Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wow, your faith in Rodon, I do not share it, and I, I'm I'm not anti Rodon. So we're just we're just discounting the the probability that Trevor Bauer would come in as number four. So oh right, right, yes, he would be. Now that's a number four. That is, you're talking about the premier number four in all of baseball. I think actually, if we do end up with Bauer, which we 100% will not, uh, if we do end up with him, you just make him the five. You just do it. <laughs> You just take just him down for, a peg. Just, just for humor. And you tell him, like, you gotta get you gotta earn number one around here. And make him the five. Put Dylan out there the day before Bauer. Just be like, you could learn something past this guy. Uh yeah, Bauer. I hope he has fun in Philadelphia or Los Angeles or New York. Because that's where he's going. Unless the Padres are just wanna end this now. Uh, <laughs> Imagine if the Padres did somehow get him, and then next year Mike Clevenger comes back and you have six number one starters. <laughs> of course, the Blue Jays, you know, they're tossing money around like crazy. So I could see him going to the Blue Jays, except Trevor Bauer, real American. So maybe he wouldn't be willing to play in Canada. I know the Blue Jays could be playing in Buffalo. <laughs> That's true. And Buffalo does seem like a Trevor Bauer kind of town. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's all the time we have. Uh, for this week, any final thoughts? None. None. None whatsoever. Uh, I'm sure next week we'll be talking about how uh, the Twins have Trevor Bauer and Alex Colome, uh and Marcelo Zuna. Uh, and they've just added everybody that we should have tried to add and, and did not. Hopefully that's not the case, but uh, we'll see you next week and complain about it if it is.